Hello. So, yeah, this is a special uh, episode of Bacon Flavored Podcasts today. As some time ago, I received the playtest version of Mecha vs. Kaiju 5 Evolved. It is a updated uh, version of the Mecha vs. Kaiju uh, fake mod. And it does carry over some of that DNA into uh, it being its own um, its own system now. And uh, yeah, I offered to do a episode for the uh, for the author of this. So here we are. This um, one's for you, champ. Yeah. Woo. The first portion of this episode is going to be us building Julian's uh, pilot and mech. As I worked with uh, Matt over this past week, do theirs. Uh, should we introduce ourselves? <laughs> you know what? That's a good plan. I am John. I will be the DM. Uh, he, him pronouns. Uh, and I'm Julian. I'm going to be building my character for this first bit and sort of learning the mechanics uh, as we go. Uh, and my pronouns are he, him. Hi, I'm Matt. My pronouns are they, he. And I have already built my character. And their name is Cecilio. And you'll learn more about him uh, later on. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Yeah, there will be uh, uh, more stuff uh, for uh, Cecilio in a minute because I did not realize I kind of hecked up making your character. Oh, no. Because unfortunately, you were kind of my experiment. <laughs> That's okay. Oh. So I'm like the public release. I'm yes. I'm the 1.0. Yes. You, okay. you are the... Oh, my gosh. The I'm... 0.95. <laughs> Okay, so so let us start with the character creation. So uh, uh, give us a quick description of your character, uh, Julian. Okay, so I am going to be playing Nana Eddie. Uh, uh, Eddie is short for Henrietta, uh, and she is a grandmother who won the lottery and bought herself a mech. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, I, I feel like I should throw this out here. Um, yeah, we're we're gonna be kind of goofy with this. Like, I believe <laughs> I have thrown this out to several of our potential players who could not make it as uh, think Borderlands mm-hmm. in terms of tone. Mm-hmm. So, see the uh, the problem is that I have not actually seen a lot of mecha anime. So I am Guess flying. Guess who hasn't either? Oh, Me either. we're I've only flying watched, blind? I've only watched Castlevania, and that is it. Oh my lord, you, As in, you uncultured swine. Wait, I'm hold so on. Sorry. Wait, no, we have to unpack this for a second. <laughs> I need you to tell... Okay, so can you clarify your statement? <laughs> So, I've only watched Castlevania, um, the whole series, once. And that was my first real sit-down watching of something uh, in the anime style. I have been told angrily that that is not anime, and I hope you are more merciful than those uh, Okay. See, I, I First will... of all, those people are snobs, and their opinions should not be considered. Because... I will be merciful for that, but I'm just 
uh, it's it's surprising because I've I, I like grew up on anime, and so I'm not very familiar with people who are not uh, well versed in anime. So no, yeah. yeah, I from, have from what I've gathered of Matt, they are um, not worldly. Mm. I will say, in terms no. of a uh, pop culture. No, I mean, I, was, I relate. <laughs> I was a very sheltered child, so as an adult, I'm breaking out into those um, mm -hmm. worlds. Like to give yeah, you yeah. Uh, more uh, more context, I did not watch SpongeBob until my freshman year of college. Oh, <laughs> wow. I see. Yeah, um, so, uh, this is but, a dire case. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so I, I, I'm in much need of exposure. I have, however, sent you recommendations for several very good an uh, mecha animes. Yes. Uh, if you want to cry, I would suggest starting with Gurren Lagann. Ooh, interesting. I am. I I will definitely check it out for sure. So, so yeah, out, out of the the three of us, I am the one who is the most knowledgeable <laughs> of mecha anime and its tropes and stereotypes. I'm raising my hand. Uh, hello, yes, please call on me. Yes, uh, Julian. Um, is Transformers, the animated series, a mecha anime? I'll count it. Okay. Yes. I've seen <laughs> most of that. And the Big O. <laughs> okay, Big O is real good. Well, okay. I also raised my hand. Yes. Okay. Does watching Wolf's Reign AMV no. on YouTube? <laughs> no. <laughs> well, every time I think I've gotten away from Wolf's Reign, it rears its ugly head. I, that's what I used to be obsessed with Three Days Grace animated music videos that feature Wolf's Reign in the background. Oh my God. <laughs> Okay, so anyways, wrangling us back to the point. <laughs> yes. Uh, okay, so yeah, my 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 two experimental guinea pigs here um, are not well versed in mecha anime tropes, but that's fine. Uh, it's basically here's your knight, and he's gonna jump into an oversized suit of armor and fight a dragon. Like like if you if you boil mecha anime down to its bare minimum, it is. Knight versus monster. Just a person in armor fighting some threat to humanity. Yeah. But the armor is real big. Yeah, armor real big. Go burr. Go burr. The armor real chonky. Yeah. Chonk. So, Chonk. So we have uh we have Nana Ed. <laughs> no, Eddie. Eddie. Okay. It's so short have... for Henrietta. Okay, okay. So we have Nana Eddie. And she won the lottery. Mm -hmm. Okay, so let's see. What is so step one of character creation is your anime archetype. The game gives you a pretty extensive list of various uh, anime uh, archetypes that you can pick from. Mm -hmm. uh, the one I threw at you at first for uh, Nana Eddie was Otosan. Mm hmm. Because I couldn't remember where the grandma one was. Mm -hmm. The one I thought was a grandma one was literally the one above it. Uh, not a okay, Shika. Let me let me see. Yes, please. So, please God. Is um is Japanese Gramps. for? Oh no, it's dad. Yeah. Yes. 
it's it's Japanese for for dad. Um, and then you yeah, know, just so control uh, F. Uh, Natashika, it <clears throat> it's a uh, language or it's a archetype description is like the wildflower carnation of the Japanese highlands. You represent the flower of Japanese gentility. Uh, humble, obedient, uh, obedient to authority, loyal to friends, and fiercely protective of family, either blood or self-chosen. Regardless of gender, you feel a maternal drive to protect those you care about. This is your strength and why you work so hard in your role as a caretaker. But though you keep your hair and clothing conservative, you're fully capable of defending yourself and the people you love with strength and grace in equal parts. See, I don't think that one fits exactly, because uh, Nana is a little wacky. Okay, so uh, Nana's she's, a little wild. She's uh, she's enjoying her retirement. Okay. Uh, okay, so Otosan might not be uh, good for her, but <clears throat> I would let I would let you uh, pick from that. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, there are a ton. Like, like if we want, Nana could be a a, a psychic. <laughs> I, w I was looking at the word and I'm like, I'm not even going to bother. Okay. Reino, Reino Usha? <clears throat> Reino Usha? It's the one oh. directly below uh, Otosan. Oh, okay. Also, That's... fair warning for our listeners, I am bad at language. Uh, like, not, not Japanese specifically, just all languages. E even, even American. Mm. It's all good. Uh, we still love we still love and support you. Oh boy. Rock uh, on. Thank you. So what what are you what are you looking at now? Uh, I am looking through the archetypes. And now uh if you could explain something to me. Yeah, I read it. at the beginning that uh there are two ways to make a character. Is that correct? Uh, yes, there is the way we build it right now, and then there is, uh, basically you build it as you play. Um, let me find that somewhere. Uh, okay, I, I have a tablet open to the PDF, and I have the PDF open on my computer, so I can flip through things quickly. Uh, character creation... Uh, okay, there are two ways to design a character if you have a solid concept. Uh, you may jump right in selecting traits and die types for your character as you wish. If you're unsure what kind of character you want to build, if you want to create more, create it more organically, or if you wish to discuss your character with others so they complement each other, use the following process. Okay, so... Uh, I believe I'm thinking I might be thinking of a different game book I've read recently where you just build as you go. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so basically, if you know what you want to do, uh, we could go in right away or we could go through, go down the list like I did with uh, Matt uh, over this past week. OK, uh, so. What do you think would be a better approach uh, to to fitting an archetype to Nana? Okay, so, um, you know, okay, you know what? Uh, tell tell us a little bit about Nana's uh, personality. You said she was wacky. Oh yeah, so she loves lavender. It's her favorite color. 
So uh, her little, uh, I'm imagining like the Top Gun flight suits only in lavender and mm-hmm. like the little patches on it is like a cloud with a rainbow and uh, <laughs> very, very um, kind of like magic school bus adjacent. Uh, so that and uh she just uh oh she just loves her kids and grandkids and uh takes them for rides in her mech uh she really wanted to branch out and kind of do something fun with her lottery winning so she did decide to start killing monsters um she (laughs) uh She's just, uh, she's one of those old ladies that's just kind of full of pep. Okay. Okay, so, may, okay. So, let's look at, uh, at Honcho. Uh, ha- yeah, Honcho. The uh, leader? It... H-A-N-C-H-O. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. So the description for Honcho is, there is no one bigger, louder, or tougher than you. Quote, unquote, big guys always stand out, which makes you the most outgoing and gregarious person in the group. Your good-natured personality often makes you the life of the party, but it can be lonely at the top. Those who want to have a good time uh, with you at the party usually go home with someone else. Many enjoy your company, but few confide in you. And sometimes you don't know whether to weep or scream. That's sad. Oh my god, no. Her <laughs> kids call her all the time. She she has a, like lunch every third or she has dinner every Thursday with her grandkids. How dare you? Okay, you know what? That's fair cuz the guiding value of Honcho is self-reliance, mm-hmm. which is the direct opposite of uh, what she would be into. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we mm-hmm. will we'll take Honcho off. Okay. Um Let's see. Uh, just a beloved little old lady who pilots a mech. I, I'm just picturing right now, I'm picturing like Sophie from Howl's Moving Castle in a mech. You know, that is an anime. That is. That is an anime. Is, is Nana Moe? Um, let's see. What does the Moe archetype uh, come with? Okay, it comes with kinship for its guiding value, which okay. is the uh, opposite of self-reliance. Mm-hmm. Um, suggested keywords for the identity aspect include adorable, innocent, naive, or underestimated. Mm-hmm. And the talent is you are small, must protect. Uh, when you play on the sympathy of others, add a d6 to your dice pool, which oh, we'll yeah. get into dice pools later. I think I think we can work on Moe. Now Moe is usually as like a as like a uh, an, an adorable small blob of a character. Yeah, it's it, adorable. Uh, it is usually more like uh, it, it's usually like a young character. Mm-hmm. But uh, but there's nothing that, that says Nana Eddie can't be a uh, Moe. There's nothing in the rule books that says that a dog can't play soccer. Exactly. So we're gonna we're gonna have a Moe Nana. Heck yeah. Okay, so an identity aspect. 
Aspects represent a character's background, personality, and role in the game. Uh, they help the PC answer the question, what part of my nature will have the strongest uh, effect on this action? Your identity aspect is a broad description of the character, co uh, covering its vital bits, such as your motivation, career, or goal. And then you will write down your identity aspects. So we go back to Moe. Mm -hmm. uh, okay, so suggested uh, identity... Uh, Aspects include adorable, innocent, underestimated, or naive. So, uh, Nana's Nana's uh, personality is like wacky and caring. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. So probably adorable would fit that the best. Yeah. So let us go down to the. Okay. So, uh, the PDF does include a pre-made. Uh, uh, character named uh, Lieutenant Ace, who okay. I have been looking at to help me uh, reverse engineer some of this. So he is a hotshot pilot, and his identity is unpredictable master of sky and snark. So, like, your identity aspect is a short phrase or a couple words that encapsulates your character. Mm -hmm. So, what. Wh it, what is your your quick one sentence elevator pitch of Nana Eddie? Hmm. It, it's hard to make something succinct on the spot. Yeah. I guess. Uh. Uh. Let's see. For. Okay. So for uh Cecilio, uh Matt's character, it looks like we have deep in debt, but not out of luck, because he is a horrible gambler. Okay. So, uh, what what would your suggestion be for something like that for Nana Eddie? For Nana Eddie, yeah, she's um, a uh, she's an adorable old lady who loves her kids and won the lottery, and bought a a mech to. You know what? Why did she buy the mech? She wants to fight monsters. Okay, so okay, so he, here's here's my pitch. She's kind of insane. Here's my about, pitch. Monster fighting granny. Yeah, I I, I, I just wrote down feisty grandma. <laughs> Monster fighting. <laughs> oh, Max part of the family. Okay, so we, we have feisty grandma or monster fighting granny. Okay, so next is uh, style. So... On your uh, on your document, I want you to write these five words: mm -hmm. bold, creative, steady, subtle, and swift. Okay. These are your character stats. Okay. Give me just one second. I'm going to uh, send you a image that contains the stat arrays. So oh, I have the uh, the. Oh yeah, PDF you have open. the PDF. Wow, I'm dumb. <laughs> okay so yeah you have you have your stat arrays right there and the yeah basically where you put these determine the style that granny is going to fight in so you put d8 in your best slot and so on and so forth mm -hmm. uh, i would assume granny would be bold mm -hmm. maybe creative yeah 
if, if I were to give advice based off what I know of her, I would say your D4 goes into subtle. Oh, yeah. Let's go with that. So uh, we're using the standard array? Uh, you can use any of them. Okay. Yeah, like <clears throat> if you want to go reliable and have uh, D6s across the board, that's fine. Hmm. I do like a D4 for subtle. That That's <laughs> good. You could go extreme and have two D4s. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the way stats work in this game, while Julian's figuring this out, is all of your stats are uh, represented by a, a single die. So you have D8s, D6s, D4s. In some cases, a D10 or a D12, but those are more rare and usually only happen after a level up, mm-hmm. at least to my understanding of the of the system. Mm-hmm. So yeah, at, at the moment, our highest die we will roll uh, is the D8. Okay, so I've got, uh, I went with the standard array. I went uh, bold is D8, creative is D8. Uh, steady is D6, subtle is D4, and then swift is D6. Nice. Okay. All right. And in in the uh, character builder, it has a little selection for backstory too. How did you develop your style? Mm-hmm. From the sounds of it, Granny's just just cuckoo banana pants. Oh yeah, she has had a uh, vibrant life. Um, she. <laughs> Uh, she was a little, a little, uh, a little scamp. She was a little scamp in her younger days, and decided to return to uh, scamping and scrapping in her later years. Yeah, she, she's um, she's traded scamp for scrap. Yeah. Okay. It, yeah. It, if scamp and scrap were stats, they would be maxed out. Oh yeah. Next is a uh, personality aspect. Mm-hmm. This aspect describes your character's defining quality or most rec- recognizable feature and create a personality aspect that reflects your style of uh, doing things. Mm-hmm. Okay, so going back to uh, Lieutenant Ace, his personality is there's a fire inside. So he he's a hot-blooded pilot. Mm-hmm. So that that's his deal. So let's see. Yeah, you could probably we could probably use a traded scamp for scrap, uh, so long as we we remember what that is. I I think it speaks for itself. <laughs> okay, okay. And next is your values. Um, one second, I'm rapidly scrolling through uh the PDF. Uh, okay, okay. So what about, you're... uh, oh, sorry. Oh, no, go ahead. Um, uh, what page are you on? Uh, I am rapidly flipping through on two different things. Um, mm-hmm. so I am on either page 37 or 20. Okay. <laughs> okay, so your values, um, okay, you're going to have to write three pairs of words here. Mm-hmm. Composure and passion on one row. Okay. Kinship and self-reliance on the next row. Mm-hmm. Ferocity and spirituality on the last row. Okay. 
Okay, so each of these gets a D6 in them, with the exception of kinship. So here's what's going to happen. You're going to set your kinship to a D8. Mm -hmm. And kinship and self-reliance are locked. Uh, composure and passion and ferocity and spirituality, we can heck with those. So what you can do is you can shrink one value by a die size down to a D4 and bump its opposing value up to a D8. Okay. So yeah, if, if Granny likes to to keep it wild, you can lower composure to a D4 and increase passion to a D8. So what, uh, I'm sorry, what was self-reliance? Um, self-reliance is going to stay a D6, and kinship is going to be bumped up to a D8. Okay. So I believe that we're going to go a uh, D4 with composure mm -hmm. and a, D, a D6 with fashion. Mm-hmm. Because we got feisty grandma. We got feisty grandma. <laughs> um. Uh, <laughs> so is she ferocious or is she spiritual? <laughs> She's pretty ferocious. Oh boy. We got a pair of heathens in this party. Oh boy. We don't, we don't <laughs> need no crucifix to fight kaiju. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Who <laughs> Who needs religion Who needs when you have descript religious icons? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So so backstory number three is why are these values important to to Nana? Mm -hmm. Uh so do you want me to like go down the list? Um no, I feel like just like an overall thing, like uh yeah, she she's hot blooded, she's ferocious, and she's kind. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, like 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 what has led her to to the this list of personality traits mm -hmm. or values? Uh just kind of being uh a matriarch and uh taking care of her family, she grew to be more assertive, but also she wanted to stay fun and uh really enjoy her life and make an enjoyable life for her family. Uh, so she is very big on family and on, uh, kind of, uh, seizing life. And, okay. uh, that's kind of, that's kind of where she's coming from. Okay. Um, so yeah, one thing that I, I overlooked, but, uh, yeah, go back and add that is for common affinity. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's like your place in, in, uh, the ecosystem of the world. Mm -hmm. You have municipal and supernatural for Moe. So I'm going to say municipal because that is, I guess. <laughs> that you, yeah, you've already decided you're a heathen. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, you, you are municipal. So Let's see. Set up your identity aspect die on a role related to duties and organizations needed for modern community to function. Mm -hmm. Okay. So. so like she's really good at um, wrangling grandchildren. 
Yeah. That's <laughs> so, she, uh, and I believe that that is a transferable skill. So, you know, if she needs to, uh, if she if needs she to needs wrangle to, pilots, if she needs to wrangle pilots, if she needs to tell the general, uh, what for. Yeah. Okay. So, so here's a fun one. Next up is your drama aspect. Okay. And these are two, uh, like goals or, values that are in direct opposition of one another. Mm -hmm. So like, yeah, down in. Okay. So yeah, uh, down on page. Bra, 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 bra. I lost it. <laughs> oh no. Um, well I, I am. Okay, okay, here it is. So starting on page 39 is uh -huh. drama aspects. So examples are uh, restore my former glory versus avoid facing my past. Uh, maintain a peaceful city versus avenge my partner's death. Uh, mm -hmm. Stay safe in hiding versus inspire my people to rebel. Mm -hmm. So yeah, like these are aspects of yours where like you have to pick yeah, like if it comes down to one of these is happening, you have to pick one or the other. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like you you can't go for one and still do the, you know, like still succeed in the other one. Okay, and then so this does mention, and I'm not sure, uh, I haven't been paying extremely close attention to the other ones, but this does say examples. So it yes. would be possible to have drama aspects that are not in this list. Yeah, 100%. Um, Cecilio mm -hmm. has stay comfortable in the life I've made versus pay my debt uh, early to get a new life. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's, it's a, a conflict of interest to make your character more, uh, more three-dimensional. Okay. Um... So I imagine that her family is supportive, but also extremely worried about Nana's new hobby. Um, and so she's got this thing where she feels very strongly about her family and she doesn't want to make them worry. And she knows that they don't want her necessarily doing this. Uh, but she really wants to do it. So it's 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 kind of like keep your family's mind at ease versus uh so like my family's wishes versus uh my own wish or my my bloodlust. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> my family's wishes versus my own freedom of choice. My freedom to kill monsters. Okay. Okay. Uh, and then we need a second one. Uh, or is that is that it? That's it. That is just one versus the other. Um. So there are two aspects that you guys get for uh for free. Uh, I wanted to wait here until I told you about this. Uh, uh, Matt. They are found on page forty. 
It is flawed, where you can gain a condition related to one of your aspects uh, in order to earn a inspiration. Uh, or succeed at a cost where if you fail against my check, uh, you can pay a cost uh, to include an extra dice in your uh, dice pool. Uh, but you take a, uh, yeah, it costs an inspiration and you take a, uh, some damage for it. Okay. What page is that? Uh, 40. Again? 40. Yeah. Okay, so affinities. Um. Uh, okay, so affinities. Affinities are a cluster of knowledge uh, common to specific groups. Okay, these are your uh, uh, municipals mm -hmm. or your clandestines for Cecilio. So next, we go into the Mecca. Ooh. Okay, so um, this is also for, uh, for Matt a little bit. Um, so, uh, we take each, uh, okay, so you have auxiliary, power, superstructure, and weapons. These are your four mech stats. Uh, they all start at D8. And, uh, Matt, you already have some of your, uh, mech stuff down. Um... So basically what you do is the same thing that we do for values. You can take out of one stat and put it into another one. And these can go up to D10 because everything starts at D8. So you could bump it down two die sizes to a D4 to increase something else by two die sizes or two things by one die size. Uh, but okay. yeah. yeah, things can be maxed out at D10. Okay, and so what are these uh, stats? What do these stats represent? Okay, so auxiliary. Auxiliary is your computer functions. Uh, they're your uh, aiming systems, your communications, your scans, mm -hmm. uh, stuff like that. It's, uh, yeah, it, it's all your background systems. Mm -hmm. Power is directly related to your mech's power output which which includes things such as uh, movement or energy production. So if you have a laser rifle, that would probably be that would probably use your power die instead of your weapons die. Mm -hmm. Or uh, yeah, other systems that it recommends are like jump jets or jetpacks. Mm -hmm. So things that require your mech to use more power than just standing there shooting a machine gun go under power. Uh, superstructure is how strong your mech physically is like the bigger the number on this the more the more hits your mech can take and the more uh hits it can land with melee attacks mm -hmm. or not hits but more damage um and weapons are what we weapons it okay. it's it's how big your gun go okay so um and they all start at d8 they all start at D8. So mm -hmm. you told me. Mm -hmm. Oh, and Matt, you can 
Okay, so I've sent you a couple of things, uh, Matt. Uh, you can go down to page. Um, yeah, one second. Okay, page 54. And starting there are a list of sample abilities, which I will be pulling from, so that, you know, we're just using things that are in the book. Uh, so, yeah, you can find... Uh, uh, the stuff I sent you, Matt, under this. And so for fighting Granny, mm -hmm. uh, I remembered you told me that her mech is insanely polished. Yes. So um, my vision for this mech. Yeah. Is... Describe your mech for us. Okay. So the only, uh, the first thing that came to mind, a shape appeared in my mind, and that was the jagged edges and sharp angles of the Gundam. Uh, I don't know which, I haven't seen Gundam, so this I don't. Gundam original. Yeah. The the one on the poster. That's yeah, my. Like... Um... Yeah. Like if you think the word Gundam, that's it. Mm -hmm. So I, uh, my, uh, but it's obviously not Gundam because that would be copyright infringement. Yeah, it, it's, um, it's Mundum. Dun, Dungam. Yeah. Um, and uh, she has used her lottery winnings to buy the most state-of-the-art uh, polished chrome uh, deadly <laughs> Uh, an advanced mech that she could that she could get her hands on. So, because of this, and because of how Chrome you said it was under superstructure. Okay, so I want you to go to page fifty six of the PDF. Mm -hmm. There is a ability called reflection. Mm -hmm. You can reflect ranged attacks back at the attacker. Mm -hmm. So, I want you to add that under superstructure. Under okay, so yeah, so this will be because of your mech's physical appearance and armor, you will have the ability to reflect uh, certain attacks. Mm -hmm. And uh, to be clear, it is polished again after every fight. Yeah, yeah, it's reset back to factory default every time, or showroom default rather. Yeah. Okay, so so what else does uh? You know, what's the mech's name? Uh, that's a good... So I thought that it should have um, some, like, ridiculous name that is uh, it's probably, like, adamantine, you know, war puncher or whatever. <laughs> 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 Just, like, like uh, something to... Um, some some metal of some sort. Mm -hmm. So like palladium. Is palladium a real thing or is that from Yes, I game? think I, I think it's a real thing. I, they, I just forgot just, if yeah. I just forgot if the periodic table of elements Yeah, I, I think it's one of those uh kryptonite situations where <laughs> it's a real metal and then Marvel came along and was like, mm -hmm. Yeah, Iron Man has palladium poisoning. Oh my mm -hmm. god. Iron, Iron Grandpa, Iron. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we have we have uh, 
we have confirmed that palladium is a chemical element and its atomic number is 46. Uh, <laughs> so, um, but uh, so yeah, so a metal and then something really like military <laughs> or. Uh, you, you know what? I'm really loving palladium war puncher. Like. I'm not sure about War Puncher, but okay. like, <laughs> I will take Palladium. Yeah, Come let's on. see. Um, yeah, Matt, on the other hand, <laughs> your mech is named Cherry. Yeah. <laughs> she's got, um, she looks like a hunk of junk, and she's got like, you know, like those decals, like with ladies on the back mm -hmm. of like Trucks, but like it's a lady. Flaps. Yeah, but it's a lady and a dude. Mm -hmm. Um and then uh definitely has like those fuzzy dice in the in the uh in like the, the, cockpit. the little the cockpit. There's like some fuzzy dice and pinups everywhere. Mm -hmm. So lots of fun. And and the your mech itself looks like a slot machine, is this correct? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So rectangular. Yeah, just, just a brick of a mech. I think like the butt area probably be like like the back of like a uh, an, like a fifties car. Oh my god! <laughs> you know, like with like you know what I'm talking about, like mm -hmm. uh, God. <laughs> I can only think of that one car from Cars, uh, Flo, but she's blue. Um, but she, <laughs> I've never seen Cars. Oh really? Yep. I used to be obsessed with cars too when I was a child. Mm. <laughs> For some reason, I just thought Finn McMissile was really cool. Fair. Uh, Fair. So, so palladium name to be determined. Mm -hmm. uh, what kind of weapon do you see it using? Um. Or okay, okay, be better yet, better yet. Well, rewind. Mm -hmm. What do you see this mech doing? Like how 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 does this mech help in the fight against kaiju? Uh, so that's a good question because on one hand, um, there is like sword. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, there are like shoulder-mounted lasers. Mm -hmm. And and these two wolves are inside of me. Uh, <laughs> and I don't know these, these two wolves are in the cockpit with you yes they uh, are biting you they are biting me <laughs> I have lost a lot of blood <laughs> they're the ones co-piloting yeah um so uh but I, I don't know if that is narrowing it down at all, because that seems like the two options. Well, um, Matt's mech has a knife and a sniper rifle. Oh. One for far away and one for close combat. Boom, boom. Okay, so you're allowed to have uh, two? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I will totally allow a, a long range and a short range. Fun. Okay, so is a uh, so is a uh, sword and laser shoulders. Uh, yeah, 
Okay. Is that is that the most like I feel like Voltron has that or something. I I think they do. Yeah, I think their little wing wingy wings turn into lasers sometimes. Oh no. Oh no. Am I am I stumbling? You know what I hate is when I'm like, "Hey, I have this fun idea," and then I realize that it's been implanted in my subconscious. I'm very aware of that. <laughs> <laughs> You have killed so many of your own projects because you're like, oh, dang, someone 200 years ago had the same <laughs> idea. And as we all know, all ideas must be new and unique. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Sorry, I, I just had to, I had to roast you. Uh. Okay, so I am looking through. So yeah, like I said, the, uh, the sample abilities start on page 54 if you want to go through there and look for them. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I I've given uh, Matt two of the sample abilities, with uh, one being accurate slash precise due to a sniper rifle. So anytime Matt is uh, firing at something within uh, within uh, his weapon's range, which will be far, uh, you'll get a additional D6 year shot. Mm-hmm. Um. And I have also given them a modified version of damage modulation, uh, which is basically Matt is going to roll and whatever number that lands on is going to pick a number from a list of elements. And Matt will be able to give you or themselves that element as uh, their next attack Mm -hmm. uh, damage. With the drawback being, since this is a slot machine mech, there is a chance it could go horribly wrong and Matt takes damage. Oh. And because... Yeah. And because you are so shiny, I figured a reflection would be good. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, when whenever you're countering a an energy-based ranged attack, you'll have the chance to reflect it away due to just how shiny you are. Oh, it's going to yeah. be like shooting a mirror. Uh-huh. It's the mirror uh the mirror shield from Majora's Mask. Yeah. So Yeah, uh let's see. Yeah, if uh if you want, we could focus on the sword and make the sword two-handed. So mm-hmm. it deals more damage, but it basically makes it so you can't use your you know, use an offhand for anything. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I like it, and I want it to be held like a uh, like a samurai sword. <laughs> well, of course, it's a mech. <laughs> yes. Okay, so two-handed is on page 57. Mm-hmm. Um, take that and put that under your weapons tag. Okay. And these will be traits that are available to you as long as you're in your mech and using uh, those uh, uh, abilities. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. I forgot. Um, Matt, your damage uh, modulator will be under auxiliary because that is your computer system basically producing the single use uh, energy cell attack. Okay. So, yeah. So, yeah, we will put damage modulation in that and accurate slash precise in your uh, under your weapon attack for your sniper rifle 
And now we decide what your mech stats are. And I believe both of you get to go through this. And I do, I have a um, question. Yeah, go for it. So unstable mm-hmm. at the at the bottom there. Yes. Um, I was wondering, since I'm kind of flavoring this as a, like a prototype, uh, just monster. Mm-hmm. Would unstable be something applicable? Okay, so what what systems do you want to be unstable? Hmm. Okay. 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 I see. I see what's going on. I see what's going on. Okay. So okay. yeah, like if you go back up to page fifty, you'll see a list of perks, and basically you would take two of these perks. Uh, for unstable, mm-hmm. but every time you use one of them, they, uh, yeah, they it lowers the the impact by one to a minimum of one. So impact is basically the effect your check has. Mm-hmm. So like that's your check to create a boon or an obstacle, or it's straight up your damage. Hmm. So if you have an unstable uh, Gatling laser on your shoulder. Uh, there could be a point where it just gets so unstable it's only doing one damage, regardless of how well you rolled. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I have a, uh, a, uh, a, a related but also completely unrelated question. Go for it. Uh, what is the, what is the, the name of the, the fine gentleman that sent us this playtest material? Uh, yes. <clears throat> um... Jonathan Wright. Okay, so through no fault of Jonathan Wright, oh, no. my my tired brain, my sob brain, because remember we did establish up top that I was sobbing an hour ago. Um, what that did that you might have say? been cut, but I don't know. No, it's not cut. We, we have to put it in. We have Selfie, to keep it please. in. <laughs> okay. Can you run that by me again, but uh, just again? Okay, so unstable. Uh-huh. Um, basically, you get two perks. Okay. Uh, those are on page 50, I think I said. Okay. And let's say, for instance, you put those two perks on your sword. Mm-hmm. Every time you use your sword uh, and invoke one of those perks, your damage will lower by one. Okay. And that'll keep going to a minimum of one so that no matter how well you roll, your impact, which is your your roll's effect, basically, will be reduced to one. Okay. But it gives you two perks just right out of the gate. Huh. That could be that could be interesting. Yeah, so you could have like uh the sword gives you movement so you can uh uh you know basically move is a free action and then your sword does two points extra of impact mm-hmm. but every time you would do that it would lower that impact by one so mm-hmm. that impact perk would only cover cover the big disadvantage the first two times mm-hmm. 
Hmm. I'll have to think about that. Okay. And um, yeah, if you want your laser, your shoulder mounted laser guns to be canonical, I will say those go under power. Because okay. you were, yeah, you were just shooting pure energy. Okay. Um. Uh, what should I put? So should I put like? Um. You're you're getting there. Yeah, yeah, I am. Shut up. <laughs> so would that be like? What abilities would I put? Okay, so under superstructure, you're going to put uh, mm -hmm. reflective. That, yeah, that has reflective. And okay. then under weapons, we have two-handed. Uh, but okay. where, what am I putting under power? Oh, um, power is going to be your uh, shoulder lasers. Mm -hmm. So whenever you attack with a shoulder laser, you'll be attacking with power. Okay. Um, is there something that I should like copy paste under there? Uh, or no, just put like shoulder lasers. Yeah, Matt. Uh, also, your knife will be under weapons along with your uh, sniper rifle. Okay. Yeah, Wait, just what? so you don't have to. Yeah. So you. Yeah. All of your damage will come from weapons. Okay. So I had a. I also had a question. Yeah. Go for it. Um. I know you were saying like something goes under sniper rifle, which is accurate slash precise. Mm -hmm. and then he said something else after that, and I did not catch that at all. What was that? Okay, okay. So I'm looking at your uh, sheet right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Put down auxiliary, power, superstructure, and weapons. Auxiliary, power, superstructure. Yeah, and just put all of them on their own line. Okay. So, your sniper rifle and its accurate precise is going to go under weapons. Okay. And your damage modulation is going to go under auxiliary. It's, I'm sorry, say that again? Uh, your damage modulation... Uh, this thing right here will go under uh, auxiliary. Uh, hold on. This one? No, 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 no. Uh, this one. I can't see you highlight. Oh, well, that sucks. Uh, damage modulation. I... Oh, this one? No, that goes oh. under sniper rifle. <laughs> damage modulation jesus christ it's right there yep okay so this goes under auxiliary oh, yep and accurate precise goes on underneath your uh, sniper rifle okay thank you yeah i got uh, scared <laughs> <laughs> okay and yeah as, as soon as you're done with uh with that we will uh okay. go over your okay so now, like with your uh, your stats, um, each one of these gets its own dice. So they all, yeah, weapon, auxiliary, power, and superstructure all start at D8. And you can lower them and increase others however you see fit. 
Um, it, yeah. So, what? I'm sorry. So, <laughs> I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh uh, no, it's it's a it's okay. Continue. Uh, so you said, uh, sniper rifle, power superstructure. I'll start at D eight. Uh, weapons, auxiliary, power, and superstructure. Uh, okay. Yeah. So the actual weapons stat, not your sniper rifle. Oh, okay. Weapons. Yes. Yeah. D8. Okay. Oh, so. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Okay. So yeah. Um, and the same for uh for you, Julian. Mm-hmm. Um. So you can lower those down to a. Uh, okay, okay, yeah. It appears as though I'm I have been wrong. It's not D four. You can lower them to a minimum of D D six. Mm-hmm. So you can lower them by one die size. Um. So similar to the uh the style. Yes, exactly like the style. But you can bump these up to a D ten if you want. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, with uh, so yeah, it. it it depends on what you want the the mech to be good at. So on page forty six, there are some uh, examples of the various levels of you know mechs and uh, strength and stuff. Mm-hmm. So like superstructure, the example it gives is a mech's physical strength. So it's like mm-hmm. at, at a D six, it can flip cars and ba- break through solid barriers and bend iron and steel. However, doing these will cause a D6 uh, system failure in their superstructure afterwards, which could prove real fatal in the long run. But a D8 allows it uh, the same feats as D6, but without the threat of system failure. And D10 lets it, you know, like pick up and throw anything it wants, uh, smash through buildings, rip apart most barriers. Yeah, like the the D10 of superstructure just lets you rip and tear. Mm -hmm. And then I noticed that uh, weapon isn't on this. Oh, wait, no, it is. It's yeah, it's at the bottom. And it didn't have uh, the three different levels. So it does not because weapons is purely how good is it at making other things die? Okay, like how big is the bullet your gun is shooting? Mm -hmm. Like that is that is what weapon is. Okay. Um. Hey. Okay. Sorry, I'm reading through the uh the little things trying to figure out where I want to uh allocate these dice. Um. Because I think that I do want there to be some sort of drawback for it being uh, essentially experimental. Yeah. So uh, maybe... Uh, so there are a couple things that I'm thinking. I think that... It will, technically, I think anything but weapons. I think weapons is going to be a D10. Okay. But the others, I could make an argument for any of them being bumped down. Yeah. Uh, you could bump bump down auxiliary because, you know, old people in technology, she just doesn't mm-hmm. understand how to use the computer to the best of its abilities. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
let's see, um, superstructure can take a hit because, you know, it maybe could be, she, there could she, be like um, flaws or, or uh, it's too polished. Yeah, there yeah. could be vulnerabilities in the design. Yeah. Uh, and the same with power. Maybe the, the power core is experimental. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So right now, I don't have any abilities listed under um, auxiliary. Uh, that is correct. Okay. Yeah. Am, like, am I, I supposed to? No, no. Um, yeah, like, uh, like I said, I gave both of you, uh, uh, a couple of, uh, abilities. Um, there aren't any first level, uh, example mechs, uh, okay. given in this, uh, system. So I don't know how, mm -hmm. how many you're supposed to have, but the level ups are like, make a new ability for, your pilot or your mech. So okay, so we're playing. We're playing yeah. fast and loose. Yeah, we're playing fast and loose with the playtest. Oh, so yeah, I've I've given each of you two. I I feel like I feel like that's fair. Hmm. And um, so since these are sample abilities. Uh, it does say that you can use these as models for your own powers, talents, and tools. So it is, uh, I guess that's kind of where the shoulder lasers, lasers comes in, where we don't really have a ability that's a one-to-one. -one, um, yeah. Okay. Um, I think... I kind of like uh, bumping down the superstructure. Okay. Uh, maybe making it a little a little bit weaker. Okay. And then, so I take that down to a d6, and then I bump weapons to a d10. Sounds good. Uh, and then, presumably, I keep the others at d8s. Uh, yes, yes. The unless other two, I, <laughs> yeah. Unless you want to bump something else yeah, up to it, unless a I want to make a deep, uh, a, a dark bargain. Yeah. Um. <laughs> granny, Granny, selling bits of a soul yeah. to increase those, increase those dice stats. Um. Yeah. Okay. Uh, she dabbles in a bit of witchery. I mean, well, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Uh, she she was introduced to to Wicca at the hippie commune <laughs> back in the back in the sixties. So, yeah, she back in the twenty two twenties. Okay. Yeah. She went. She went to Sci Fi Woodstock. Mm hmm. Has and some some really nice people taught her. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're cool. Yeah, I I, I think uh, the timeline of of the game is actually it is in alternate modern day. Mm -hmm. Nice. So yeah, it, it's not exactly sci-fi Woodstock, but it, it's Woodstock mm -hmm. a little bit to the left. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Wood stork. Wood stork. <laughs> uh, okay. So, um, Stone let finch. me. <laughs> what was that? Stone finch. Stone finch. <laughs> Stone finch. Um. Okay. So let me let me pitch you. Uh, I have a couple of little things that I have written down uh, for palladium. So palladium war mech. Mm-hmm. Easy. Palladium decimator. Oh, I like that one. Palladium dreadnought. Oh, that's good. I love that. Palladium colossus. Oh, th- these are all good. Uh-huh. I went to uh, uh, the resource that everyone uses, the the fantasy name generators that they have. Mm-hmm. And I started clicking through until I saw some words I liked. Uh, obviously. Oh no, I hear a cat. Oh no. That's probably mine. She's no, she's <laughs> she's in the corner and just crying because she did not get to run. Poor that poor child. Yeah. How could you do such a thing? Look, here's my baby. Oh boy. Oh boy. Cat uh, break. Cat, cat break. break. May I throw my hat into the ring? Um names because okay. it can't ha- okay first before i say anything how do you say that metal name again palladium 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 can i suggest the final palladium <laughs> <laughs> oh no <laughs> the judge and executioner <laughs> Oh, oh no! She, she, she really mowing. Let me, uh, let me, let me, let me uh, introduce you to Maggie. Maggie, Maggie, what is it? Did you eat all your food? Oh, she purring. Oh, she purring. Oh, she Leon, purring. she purring. Leon hates it. <laughs> Did you hear that? Leon. Round little boy, small. Oh, she licking my finger. Oh, ah, now she's biting it. Peace before war. Okay, go zoomies, go zoomies. Be free. No, don't don't zoom on the dog. Oh God. <laughs> okay. It's like a toddler over there. Okay, so so do we have your uh, your mech locked down? Uh, I I believe so. Okay, so your your aspects, your identity, your personality, and your drama aspects—they mm-hmm. each get dice scores. Mm, so okay, your identity and personality are at a D six. So Matt, this is also uh, for you to update a uh, Cecilio. I'm, I'm listening. So your. Uh, what was your other one? Oh, high stakes gambler was your uh, identity. Yeah. Yeah. So high high stakes gambler and deep in debt, but not out of luck, are both at a D six. Uh. So what what were those? Um. Uh. Those are your identity and your personality. Okay. Yes. Okay. I'm yeah. I'm just uh, reorganizing my little sheet. Fair enough. Um, so I have a quick question on that. Yes. Okay. Um, so 
we're adding dice to these phrases that we made up. Mm -hmm. um, what exactly does that do? Do like if I walk into a bar, do I like break this out? Like, is it on a piece of paper? <laughs> is that how it works? <laughs> okay, so okay, th think of these like uh, like class features in D and D, but like condensed into one. Yeah, yeah. So okay. like, okay, so high stakes gambler. Let let's take that for instance. If you want to be like. Okay, I'm in my mech. I want to try and ricochet my sniper rifle shot off of this orphanage into the, the <laughs> kaiju's kneecap. That would be a high stakes gamble. Gamble. Or okay, like deep in debt, but not out of luck, would be like, oh, th this kaiju is swinging the orphanage at my head. Uh, I'm, I, I'm, I'm going to trip over a bus, mm -hmm. and that's going to get me out of the way. And then you catch the orphanage. Yeah. So it's like, like you, you look at these traits and you think to yourself, how can I BS these to my advantage? Okay. I see. I see now. Yeah. I wonder why, I wonder why we have two though. If they're both kind of being like, do they serve different purposes? Uh, you, you pick one of, uh, of your three aspects to roll. And it, it, it could come down to like my ruling. Uh, you know, like if you're if you're like, oh, I want to use uh, pay my debt early to try a new life to ricochet my bullet off of the orphanage. I'll be like, no, that that's a high stakes gamble. And uh, so uh, what I'm kind of getting out of it is identity is who you are and personality is what you do. Yes. OK. And okay. your drama aspect gets a it, it gets a D8. Um, a D8 on both of those. And whenever you use one, uh, it will go down to a D6, uh, but I believe the other one stays the same. Uh, let's see. When one drama aspect reduces, the other one boosts. So, yeah. So both of them start at a D8. And when you use one, it'll go down to a D6, and the other one will bump up to a D10. Mm -hmm. and vice versa. Okay, so I have a pitch for you. Go for it. So um, since I've kind of solidified in my mind what identity versus personality aspects are, can I pitch for the identity aspect? Because I'm kind of thinking like how I would apply these. Mm -hmm. So I think that identity aspect could be little old lady. Okay. Uh, and that seems to me to have applications, but probably not in an actual, like, kaiju battle. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, I could get people to help me cross the street. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to roll for that at some point. Okay. Um, and then personality aspect would be more of the feisty grandma. Okay, okay. All right. Um, uh, so, yeah, we said traded scamp for scrap. Yeah. I'm going to put in parentheses feisty grandma. Okay, fair enough. It's the subtitle. Yeah, yeah. It, it's uh, it's the, uh, the, 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 book, the book title. Oh, yeah, yeah. So it's feisty grandma colon traded scamp for scrap. Yeah, that works.
Okay, and uh Okay, Matt, on your sheet, I don't see your pilot uh, styles. So yeah, I, I need you to put down bold, uh, creative, steady, subtle, and swift. Oh, yes. Let me find that. I know I wrote down. Yeah, th those, are, those are somewhere in our chat log. Yeah, okay. I got it. I'm going to copy and paste real quick. Remember what I put that underneath? Um, those are your uh, your pilot stats. So just put it somewhere where it's like, okay, this is for my pilot, and you know, like it is not the mech. I don't know how to spell pilot, so I wrote polite. Yeah, yeah, your polite uh, stats. These are my polite stats. Okay, cool. Uh, Got okay. It. I uh, shared you uh, the 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 link oh, nice. that I'm working on. Okay. Uh, <laughs> good lord! I, I love the mech's name, Palladium War Mech Decimator Dreadnought Colossus. <laughs> okay, I love how both of you have uh, a note at the very bottom that's just the other person's name. <laughs> I guess I can't remember. It's little Eddie. Okay, so there is actually. A couple more uh, stats that you guys need to write down. Okay. So they are tenacity, vigor, and reaction points. Okay. Okay. So your base tenacity is equal to the bigger of creativity or steady. Okay. Say that one more time. Your pilot stats, creativity or steady. Whichever one of those is bigger, that becomes your uh, tenacity uh, trait. Mm -hmm. Tenacity is like your mental HP. Creativity is a D8 for Cecilio. Mm -hmm. So you actually get... Okay, if one of the traits is D8 or higher, increase it by one. So your tenacity is actually a 9. A 9? Yep. Not a D9, just yeah. nine. Yeah, just nine. Okay. So vigor is similar. Uh, okay. You take the bigger of bold or swift. So your bold is a D6 and your swift is also a D6. And if it's a D8? Uh, if it's, it's a D8, nine. it goes up to nine. But for Cecilio, because both stats are a D6, your vigor will be six. Okay. Okay, and... Your maximum reaction points are equal to one plus half the dice score for your creativity or swift, whichever is higher. How? Okay, I put them. Okay, how'd I do that? Okay, so let's see. Wait, so what was vigor? Okay, vigor is bold or swift. Okay. Uh, so and if, they're, if they're the same, they. If it's the same, then it's just whatever they are. So it's six for you. Okay. Uh, I believe Vigor, or yeah, I believe Vigor will be a nine for a uh, Nana because mm -hmm. your bold is an eight. Okay, so okay. reaction points. So you're higher of creativity or swift. Mm -hmm. You half that and add one, and that is the number of reaction points you get. Mm hmm. So it's a five for me. 
All right. So let's see. Okay. So reaction points are weird. So they only get the uh, one bonus if your subtle trait is D8 or higher, which subtle is higher for uh, Cecilio. So you have five reaction points. And then I would Six be... reaction points. What? Because it's one plus half the die score for creativity or swift. So how so how's it six? So he if gets the maximum is D eight, wouldn't it be half to four and then plus one? And then you'll get one, and then you'll get another one. Cecilia will get another one because subtle is a D eight. Okay, so oh I see. I see. Yeah. So okay. it's the the um plus one is plus one is base level uh it's additive whether it's a d8 regardless of what it is so long as it's a d8 yes yeah well specifically subtle has to be a d8 Mm. for it to get that that additional plus one okay okay so then mine would be yeah so is your subtle a d8 no uh my it'll it'll just have the plus one so it's half. just five. Yep. Okay, so reaction points. We can go into the game now, or I can explain, you know, and explain things as they come up, or I can explain some more miscellaneous rules right now. How about we do rules this time? Okay, rules first. Let's go yeah. a little wild and do rules. Oh. Let's be a little adventurous and learn the rules. Okay. Exactly. We good minds think alike. Yeah. <laughs> whenever you uh, roll a dice, mm-hmm. or whenever you make a, a a check, you will pull from your dice pool and. Uh, okay. Yeah. Whenever you perform an action, uh, you state your intent. And then you call out the traits that are applicable to this. So you get one aspect, one style, and one value die. And if any of your boons, traits, conditions, or affinities would apply, then you get to add those as well. So uh, let's see. Uh, Let's say something pops up and... Yeah, for Cecilio, because I'm looking directly at his uh, sheet, it would be Ferocity, High Stakes Gambler, and Subtle. So you would roll a 2d8s and a d6. And along with those, you would roll a d20 as your luck dice, or I believe they're called a destiny dice in this. Fortune dice. So you roll these four dice, and you pick two of these to be um, your action total. So let's say you roll two twos, a one, and a five. You would pick a two and a five, and so your total would be seven versus uh, whatever effect you're going against is. And then you would pick the one or the two to be your... uh, your impact and impact would determine how uh, how effective your ability 
is. So yeah, the only restriction for impact is your fortune dice cannot be your impact dice. So if your fortune rolls a 16, you can't have a 16 be the amount of damage you do. Uh, but you can have like a 16 and a 1 be your uh, action total. And then pick your next highest dice to be uh, your impact. Where are the five stats? Um, oh, they're all the numbers that we uh, came up with. So your your polite stats are your character stats and weapons, auxiliary power, and superstructure are your mech stats. Okay. Actually, yeah, what I would recommend is you take these top three things, the deep in debt, uh, high stakes gambler, and stay comfortable. Yeah. Take those and list them under uh, aspects. Mm, which is? Yeah, like just wherever you want to put it. Like like here? If that's where you want to put it, just just like label them as aspects. Okay. And... I'm sorry. Yeah, so, I'm trying. No, it's cool. So your uh, composure, passion, kinship, self-reliance, those, those three lines, those are your values. Your, your character traits are uh, your values. Okay, so values, not stats. Yeah. And your pilot stats are your style. Okay. So, yeah, whenever you go to roll, you pick a style, an aspect, and a value stat, and those will be the dice you roll. And when you're in your mechs, you would also pick one of your available mech stats. Okay. Gotcha. I'll, yeah. I'll hold those so I know where to look. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, whenever you make any kind of a action check, you will also roll a d20 for uh, your fortune dice. Uh, but that's not really listed anywhere. Uh, roll a d20, you said? Yeah. Okay. All good. Okay, so counters. Uh, whenever you roll an action, uh, someone else rolls against you. So uh, the way this works is if you are fighting a kaiju, every action you do is going to be in opposition to an action the kaiju is doing. So if you're like, I'm going to swing my sword at its head, it gets a chance to try and get out of the way or cross counter. But if you're like, okay, I want to set this oil rig on fire, that would be creating a aspect of the environment. So that aspect is determined by your impact dice. So you would roll your action uh, against... Uh, Basically, the environment dice pool, which is just a handful of D6s. And if you manage to overcome whatever I pick for that obstacle, then you get to make your uh, your aspect for the, uh, for the scenario. If we both roll off for setting an oil tanker on fire, and I roll like four for my uh, environment dice, and you beat that with six for your action, you can then go in and use your... Uh, uh, eight for uh, uh, the impact and have a D8 uh, uh, aspect floating around with the flaming uh, oil tankard. Okay. 
yeah, it, it's a it's a roll off uh, either way. Um, okay. yeah. Uh, so yeah, um, so one uh one interesting thing is, so the dice I have as a GM are called danger dice. Um, danger. Yeah. So for the environment, it seems that they all start at a uh, at a D six. Okay. So yeah, I was I was wrong. They're it, they don't start off at D six across the board. Uh, that's just like the easy tier of things. But okay. So so let's say I have four danger dice for the environment. If you guys do a crit fail, which is a one on either your D twenty or a D four. Um, then you inadvertently bump up one of my dice. So if everything's a D six and you roll a one on a D 20, I can pick one of these D sixes and bump them up to a D eight. Mm, okay. And that'll just be there, uh, for the rest of that scene. So yeah, in some cases, uh, you will also have to scratch a dice, which basically means that, uh, you take the highest dice uh, rolled and you remove it from the, from the pool. So like if you get an, yeah, like if you get uh, an eight on a D eight and all your rest are like ones and twos, you got to get rid of that D eight advantage and disadvantage are the same as in uh D and D. So you get a two D twenties and, uh, you take the bigger of the two or two d20s and you re you use the smaller of the two uh so stress is damage so your tenacity and your vigor are your stresses tenacity represents your mental hp and vigor is your physical hp whenever a enemy attacks you if they get through your counter then they will deal damage to you. And that is what where that comes out of. Whenever you attack a kaiju, however, they have basically three uh, HP bars. And those HP bars determine what attacks they can use. So you're basically removing a kaiju's ability to fight back. Uh, I was about to say think Monster Hunter, but neither of you have played Monster Hunter. I played a very vague amount of Monster Hunter. Okay, fair. Um, let's see. Boon. It. Hmm. It's a fun game, but I don't know if it's for you. There, there are demos out there. Uh -huh. So boons. So you you can use a successful action to create a boon, which is basically a beneficial trait that you have created for you and your allies. It is temporary. Uh, it usually just lasts for that scene or until the boon is overcome by... Uh... So, yeah, these are things such as a stolen horse, camouflaged, cunning plan, so on and so forth. And, yeah, they are affected by your impact. So you would use your impact number... For for example, you're like, I I want to make a boon to blow up this oil tanker. Going back to my original uh, description, you pick a dice rating of six, and the boon becomes a d six. 
So you would take, uh, so if you were to utilize this burning uh, oil tanker, you would add a D6 to your dice bolt. Uh, let's see, permanent booms are things like tools and uh, powers. Conditions are, yeah, the conditions aren't always positive, uh, but they work the same as uh, boons. So there are things like blinded, prone, blackmailed, so on and so forth, usually detrimental, and they function the same. So if you're like, I want to make a condition for this kaiju of blinding it, you would go against the kaiju's counter, and then if you picked a eight or a five, yeah, like an eight or a nine on your dice, then you would get to put blinded D8 on the uh, uh, kaiju. And they can attempt to... Uh, sorry. Uh, I'm I'm learning this also as I'm reading it. Uh, I have read through the book a couple times before, but it, it takes me a few tries to, to learn something. So yeah, basically... Okay, we have blinded. Blinded would act as a uh, negative aspect, so you would go through, you would roll it, and I believe whatever you roll removes its... Okay, yeah. Um, yeah, whatever these negative uh, conditions roll, you must scratch one dice result that is lower than the condition roll. And then you re-roll the condition roll. So, like, you have a D8 blinded. You roll that, it lands on uh, D8... Or it roll it lands on an eight. So you go through and you pick one of your dice that is lower than eight, and you just remove it from your pool entirely and re-roll that uh, condition dice. Sometimes after you roll, choose a dice uh, for your total and impact. The rolls allow you to select an unused dice from that roll to be an additional impact. Uh, however, you can never inflict stress on a target using more than one of your impacts in the same roll. Okay, so basically extra impact is you spend a inspiration, which there are multiple ways to gain it, gain inspirations. And you can either do this to attack multiple targets, or you can be like, I hit him with my sword and I kick dust up to blind him uh, as well. And I'll use this, uh, yeah, I'll use a six for the damage and this five for the blind uh the blind condition basically an extra impact lets you do uh more than one thing uh, on your turn mm. uh inspiration so inspiration gives you a okay you know what one second there is actually a thing that tells you how to use inspiration near the back of the book okay there it is spending inspiration so inspiration, like I said, it can be uh, gained multiple ways throughout the uh, game. And on page 49, you can see the ways you can spend inspiration. So you can buy extra dice. So you can use two traits uh, from, uh, from your dice pool instead of just one. You can add extra effect, uh, which is what I said with the uh, hitting it with the sword and then kicking dust in its eye. You can add extra dice to your uh, action total. So the example that it that it gives is you roll and you get a 2, a 3, a 5, and an 11. You can spend uh, 
inspiration to add three dice as your uh, action total instead of two. Uh, the extra dice cannot be used for an impact dice. You can use, uh, yeah, you can use inspiration to make a long-term boon. So kind of like a, a permanent or a semi-permanent uh, uh, ability or uh, some other bonus. Uh, you can make a, yeah, you can make a boon for free for the rest of the scene, but it's at a D6. And that is uh, for one inspiration. And you can then use it to have narrative permission to do something that seems appropriate for your character. Okay, and under that, there are ways I can use my danger dice, which are basically just counters to all the stuff you guys can do. Okay, so you can overcome uh, boons and conditions. Yeah, so basically the way overcoming a boon works is you are rolling against the creator of the boon or the or the person who is actively benefiting from the boon. And basically that's the same as uh, an attack. You roll off to see who gets the higher thing. Uh, if your roll to overcome succeeds, you... Uh, then go, uh, compare uh, impact scores. And if your impact is bigger, then the boon is gone or the condition is removed. If the impact is equal or lower, the boon or condition, uh, it reduces by one die size, but it doesn't vanish. So like if you blinded the uh, kaiju for D6 and the kaiju tries to overcome it, then it would be you rolling against the kaiju and if the kaiju wins that roll off and then rolls his impact or uses his impact if his impact is bigger then he is his blindness is gone if his impact is equal to or lower than your impact then it just lowers from a d6 to a d4 yeah and preventing a uh, roll to overcome is basically the same yeah, like overcoming someone else's boon or overcoming a condition that's been inf inflicted upon you is the same as preventing someone from getting rid of your boon or getting rid of a thing uh, they have. And temporary assets are the things, like I said, with uh, the uh, burning oil tanker. It is a boon or condition that is specific to the circumstance in the scene. So fighting or rather range. So there are four range categories. There is close, which is more or less melee combat. There is nearby, which is like uh, medium range for guns. And if you have a melee weapon, you can get to them uh, in a turn. Uh, then there is far away, which is for like long ranged weapons and like you, you have to book it to get to them. Like you have to do some some serious trucking to to get to them if they're far away. And then there is beyond, which is they are off the battle map. They are out of the scene. That is that, that is a good question. Uh, yes. The uh, so this is all like theater of the mind, right? Yep. Okay. Uh, yeah, if uh, if we wind up doing a full campaign of this, I would probably do maps where range increments are set as squares on a map. So like this room, everything in this room would be nearby or 
everything in the first 30 feet of this hallway is nearby, but the next 30 feet would be far away, you know, so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then starting on page 60, there are all of the explanations for uh, uh, range and movement engaged basically means you're uh, locked in combat with a, uh, with an enemy in uh in melee combat with an enemy. And if you try to move uh, attack zones, then the enemy would get a opportunity attack, which you create by spending one of your reaction points, which uh, yeah, you guys have under your vigor and your tenacity. So unlike Dungeons and Dragons, where you get one reaction per turn, you have a series of points you can spend uh, for your reactions, and those are anything from trying to counter the enemy who's attacking you to cashing in five of them to perform this uh, opportunity attack. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. And um, so for far away, um, the furthest, no, wait, not the furthest. So if you are in far away distance from an enemy, you can attempt to run away, which is basically uh, you try to create an aspect of running away. And if you succeed in creating this aspect, you are out of combat. If you fail, you're still in combat and the bad guys get another chance to uh to get you. Like hitting someone's butt with a towel on the way out. Yeah. And then there are some rules for uh chase scenes, which is basically the person being chased has a dice value. And they have to use, yeah, they have to use their turns to boost this dice value to a D12 or above, in which case they get away. But the people chasing them have to lower this value to D4 or lower. And if they do so, then uh, they are they are caught. Mm-hmm. Okay, and recovering from stress, we don't really have to deal with that. But yeah, mental and physical stress is reduced by one at the end of each scene. So if you take four damage in this fight scene. You'll heal one of those at the at the end of the scene. But if you rest, then uh, you heal two for a full hour you rest. And when you finish a when you finish a quest, basically, uh, everything's uh, refreshed. Okay. So tenacity is uh, your ability to deal with mental stress. So it is similar to your sanity and Cthulhu based games. When your tenacity gets lowered to uh, zero, your character basically uh, suffers a nervous breakdown Uh or some other mental situation. Like, they get too demoralized to keep fighting or they're emotionally overwhelmed. Uh, They're just mentally checked out of the battle and can no longer fight. Mm -hmm. But I got a lot of tenacity. Yeah, and vigor is the same, but with the blood on the inside of your body. Mm. Okay, so... Uh, this will be familiar, or a familiar concept to Julian, but maybe not you, Matt. Yeah, once you have taken uh, damage equal to half of your tenacity or your uh, vigor... Uh, you will suffer a effect similar to being bloodied in fourth edition. Mm-hmm. So at half uh, tenacity, you become overwhelmed. 
and at half vigor, you become staggered. So when you're uh, overwhelmed or staggered, you uh, take the highest die in, uh, in your dice pool and you lower it for a uh, one size. So if you pick a D8 for uh, this dice roll, that becomes a D6. But if you're overwhelmed and staggered, um, you recover one less action point at the start of each of your turns on top of having the highest die in your pool reduced. So yeah, like yeah. these, yeah, like I said, these happen at half or greater of your uh, stress or tenacity, which has the chance to be a odd number. So let's see. Yeah, tenacity for uh, Cecilio is a nine, whereas Vigor is a six. So at three uh, HP, you would become staggered. At okay, at four of your tenacity, you would become overwhelmed. Because it's equal to or greater. Okay. Okay. Uh, so we are in the final stretch. We are talking about reaction dice. Reaction points. Reaction points, rather, not reaction dice. Reaction points are your ability to avoid stress in combat. They usually represent your ability to maneuver and to evade direct hits. Or in more social uh, situations, they represent your, com your composure or your temper. Your maximum reaction points we went through is equal to uh, creativity or swift. The use of them is whenever you take stress of any kind, you can spend one or more reaction point to reduce this, the, uh, the amount of damage you'll be taking. Yeah, you could purely use your reaction points to just stop damage from hitting you, uh, but that would burn through them real quick. Yeah, you take one less point of uh, stress for every uh, point you spend. And the way you regain uh, reaction points is through stances. So at the start of your turn, <laughs> at the start of your turn, you choose uh, one of three stances. Um, and that uh, would signify your approach to the scenario around you on this turn. So the stances are a ready stance where you regain three reaction points. Uh, it, it's kind of like your default stance. Your reckless stance, where you only regain one, but you have advantage on any actions uh, to inflict stress or a condition this turn. But you have disadvantage on counter rolls. So reckless, it's reckless. And regrouping is you regain five of your reaction points, but you have disadvantage on your action this turn. So you kind of balance between your own uh, bonuses and uh, hindrances and your reaction points. And in addition to your uh, stances, there is another way to regain a reaction point. Whenever you roll a counter, so someone's attacking you, you know, the kaiju's going in for a bite, and you're like, I want to whack it upside the head with, the, with my mech's soccer kicker foot. Yeah, if your impact is greater than your opposition's impact, uh, you immediately regain two reaction points, regardless of if your uh, counter succeeds or fails. So even if you miss with that giant soccer kicker uh, foot attack, uh, you would still regain two reaction points for having a bigger impact than the kaiju. And our final thing to go over is the initiative. So... Whenever the turn order starts, each player rolls a uh, d20, uh, but no other dice. 
they add their current number of reaction points to the result. And uh, the player with the highest total acts first. If there's a tie, it is settled by the GM. Each player uh, records this result, which becomes their interrupt score. And interrupts, so yeah, whatever your initiative role is, you can use that number to go ahead of someone else. Okay, so yeah, like there's a, a, a 15, a 12, and a 3. Okay, yeah, sorry, one second. I'm just, I'm just rereading these. It's okay. 15, 12, and 3. Yeah, 15, 12, and 3. Uh, each player keeps their interrupt score handy as the scene proceeds, and players keep tracking their turns and selecting who goes next. Uh, however, when a player is chosen to go next, if another player wants to go instead, they can use their interrupt score to do so. At that point, the interrupting player goes next, unless another player with an equal or higher interrupt score uses theirs to go next. Uh, once it's used, it's gone, and the player cannot interrupt again. So 15, 12, and 3. The way I'm seeing this is 15 goes first, because they were top of the order. And then 12 says, I want to go next. 15 can go, no, I'm going to go next again. because And they're going to cash in their interrupt score. And because no one else has a 15 or higher then they get to go next. But they can't interrupt anyone again. But if uh, 3 is like, okay, I'm going to go next, 12 can cash in their interrupt score and go, no, I'm going next. At which point, 15 can go in and go, actually, I'm going next. Hmm. So your initiative role also kind of becomes your ability to bully the initiative. Okay. And your initiative rolls are reset at the top of each round. Mm, okay. And so it's, it's kind of like uh, you can be tactical upon each turn, whether like if you have something that you want to do first, or if you're okay with uh, dropping back in the initiative. Yeah. Or if you're like, okay, we got the kaiju on the ropes, so all of us are going to interrupt the kaiju from attacking. Mm, okay, so you can try and hopefully finish it off before it gets a chance to go. Yep. Okay. But yeah, like I said, you can only use that once, and uh, we're we're gonna go back to uh, yeah, like that. That's the last major thing, but there is uh, inspiration, I believe, that I want to go back to. Mm-hmm. So I was mi- I was mixing up inspiration and reaction points. Okay. Uh, I thought inspiration was regained from your from your uh, stance. Okay. So inspiration result represents a last minute death defying extreme action that often means the difference between victory and defeat. So yeah, inspiration gives you all sorts of crazy stuff. At the uh, beginning of each session, you get one. So you will you will all start off with one inspiration. And inspiration is, it's doled out the same as it is in most games, where it is, okay, you did something really cool or really to your character, so I'm going to give you an inspiration for this. And then you can spend uh, spend all these inspirations for your various effects. Like, you can spend two inspiration to give yourself advantage on a roll, and uh, I listed out all those other things you could do with inspirations. And those are uh, delineated in the 
uh, rules. Yes. Okay. Okay, so yeah, because uh, the reading of the rules took us so long, what I wanted to knock out in one go is actually going to be knocked out in two goes. So this is part one of the Mecha versus Kaiju 5 Evolved Beta playtest rules and character uh, creation. I hope I explained the rules uh, correctly, even though I did kind of fly all over the place. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that even if you didn't explain the rules correctly, maybe it's helpful to identify where you messed up since it mm-hmm. is a playtest material. That is true. To um, maybe, uh, if you if you got it incorrectly, uh, the wording in particular places could be amended. So yeah, yeah. Like the things that I didn't understand off, you know, like from a quick glance, I did try and read out. So maybe if there was something I wasn't catching on to, someone else would pick it up. So yeah, that will be. Um, so yeah, that will be it for character creation and rules discussion. Our next episode will be actually running a brief uh, one shot where Cecilio and Nana Eddie will be going off and fighting their very own kaiju. Fun. Yeah. So far, my only major uh, critique of this game is that there is no character sheet, but mm-hmm. it's in beta. Mm-hmm. It's in playtest. Like, there are still so many things that, that might wind up being changed. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, we will we will come back to this in a couple days. Um, hopefully, we will remember things that are happening <laughs> and rules that apply, and we will try to... <laughs> we, we will see how this goes. One person who is bad at rules and two people who don't know what mechs are. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that is, that is it for uh, for this episode. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, Thank uh, you two for dealing with me. (laughs) Oh, it was fun. I I have to legally. (laughs) (laughs) We didn't do anything. It was a hoot. (laughs) (laughs) I did have one question. I'm sorry. I know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, go for it. I'm so sorry. So our numbers are 15, 12, and 3. How do we figure out who gets what? Oh, that, that is a great. Uh, question that that is why you get paid the big bucks <laughs> okay so yeah a your initiative is just a flat d20 roll like right. you add nothing to it it is just that so if yeah if you guys are all fighting one kaiju it would be it would basically be a contested role between the three of you to see who gets gets to go first okay and yeah, this happens at the top of uh, each round. So basically your initiative resets in between rounds. Ah, oh, okay. So instead of like at the start of the yeah. fight, basically after everyone has a turn, you roll yeah, again. So, yeah, so instead of the fighter is always going to go first because they rolled a 16 on a turn a one. Chance. Yeah, it'll be in round two, the fighter rolled a five and the warlock rolled a twenty-seven, so the warlock's going first this round. Okay. But cool. but with the interrupts, uh, in that same thing, it could be okay. It is finally the fighter's turn. No, wait, no, it's not. It's a warlock's turn because he's decided he wants to go again. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, I do have I'm to run. 
uh but uh yeah 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 we we will wrap it up here and uh we will see people in the next playtest episode bye bye Thanks so yeah. much for hanging. It was good to hear everybody. Yeah. Thank thanks for thanks for showing up. Yeah, for sure. Good to see you, Julian. Good to see you. Uh hey, jo- Julian is gone. <laughs> oh, whoops. Julian is no longer with us. <laughs> yeah, no I will I will talk to you tomorrow, I guess. Uh oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Tomorrow. Briefcase. Woo woo. Briefcase. Woo. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Alrighty. I'll see you soon. <laughs>